0: This is the First Emanuel Lutheran Church Podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. It was a very frantic voice uh, coming from the other end of the phone. I had only been in the ministry for about a year, sitting in my office, and the Frantic voice said, Pastor, you've got to come. You've got to do something. I'm Looking out my front room window and I see Bill and Linda in the front yard and they are having a horrible fight and Bill has a baseball bat. Call the police, I said. I already did. You're my second call. Please, please come. So I got in my car, and by the time I got there, there were a few squad cars. There was a ring of neighbors, and there was a fighting couple. And she was crying in terror. He was fuming with anger, holding on to a baseball bat. Bill, I cried, Bill! The policeman grabbed me and says, who do you think you are? I said, I'm their pastor. He said, okay, go in there. We were able to get things settled down a little bit. Um, the police uh, took Bill. Um, opportunity for him to settle down. I went and talked to Bill. And, and we talked about the right way to handle difficulties, about the privilege that we have of being a family, uh, about the manner in which we handle things that even make us so angry. Later in the week, I found a note on my desk from Bill. It, had one line. Judge not, lest ye be judged. That's a good one to haul out, isn't it? When you're in the wrong and someone points it out, that's always a good one to take out of context. Judge not, lest ye be judged. How many times is this one passage taken out of context, but in truth, Jesus, and, and we see St. Paul, they both talk about the necessity of confronting other people. Sometimes it's within the church. We call it church discipline. We, we talk to one another when we've moved out of God's design for living because we care about each other. Sometimes we are called to address societal sins, cultural problems. However, each time we do this, whether it's within the church or in the greater community, we must always bear in mind that the Lord alone is the judge. He makes the judgments. We are called to live them out and apply them. The challenge, I think, for us, especially as Christians, is making judgments in a proper manner. If you grabbed one of the sermon outlines, you'll note that there's three, uh, three points, I think, that St. Paul's making here. And then we hear in the gospel from Jesus as well. And I think, first of all, we have to figure out why we judge. Because there are moments that we have to proclaim judgment. But why we do it is extremely important. We do it because we want the best for other people. It's not about the joy of catching people doing something wrong. It's not about the joy of crushing them so that we can elevate ourselves. The goal is always to assist them in their walk with Christ. We confront fellow Christians because maybe they've strayed from The walk of Christ. Maybe they've been grabbed by temptation and they have fallen. And so we want to be there. We point it out not to be judgmental, but we point it out to be helpful. And then there are times we confront a non-Christian world. And we do that because we want people to see that we have a God who loves us enough that we can repent of our sins. And see this Jesus who loves us, who is our Savior. And and if you look at the opening chapters of Romans as we did uh, some weeks ago already, those opening couple of chapters did that. Whether you're a Christian or not, St. Paul said, hey, sinful people. That's who we are, sinful people. Repent. Repent. And then in, in chapters 3 and 4, he talks about the grace of God that came in Bethlehem's manger and was crucified on the cross and is risen from the grave that we have a place to go because we are sinners and we are forgiven by a gracious God. We are given new life by a loving God. We are given eternal life by a powerful God. We do not pronounce judgment on anyone else in order to prove our spiritual superiority. This is, this is the game that the Pharisees played. They figured they were better than Jesus because they kept the Sabbath and he was breaking it because he was healing people. He was helping people on the Sabbath. Inappropriate, Jesus. Or they pointed out that his disciples weren't appropriately washing their hands in a ceremonial manner before they ate. Oh, we do that, Jesus. Or when Jesus ate with sinners and made company with tax collectors. Oh, Jesus, how inappropriate. See, the Pharisees were all about pointing out other people's faults and failures, their shortcomings, because they felt themselves to be spiritually superior. This is not why we call out God's judgments. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul says, As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person, have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. And he says, don't grow weary of doing good. Some of the good is assisting others. They may not see that they have strayed. And what Paul says is, don't join them in what they're doing. Instead, point it out as if they're a brother, not an enemy. So there are times that we have to speak to others. But I think the second problem is, what what is it we are called to judge? And again, first and foremost, God is the judge. God sets the standards. God sets the rules and the commands. He determines the direction of life and living. We are called, first and foremost, to live within God's directives. But we're also called to proclaim them. If you read through uh, the Old Testament, especially when you get to the Old Testament minor prophets, there's a phrase that happens over and over and over again. And the minor prophets, for the most part, were warning people when they were stepping out of line, when they were straying farther and farther away from God. They came out and pronounced warnings or judgments, if you will. And they had this one line that they kept saying, Thus saith the Lord... I remember it from the old King James. Thus saith the Lord. Read through Amos. He uses it a lot. He starts sentences and ends them with this phrase. Thus saith the Lord. Be careful. Thus saith the Lord. Paul calls us ambassadors of Christ. He calls us reconcilers. An ambassador is one who works under another and proclaims the other person uh, their directives. This is who we are. When it comes to spiritual matters, we proclaim not our opinion, but God's doctrine. And there's a big difference. This is what's going on in in the 14th chapter of Romans. You see, in the early Christian church, most of the people were Jewish people who uh, followed Jesus as the Messiah. As time went on, we find that many Gentiles are coming to faith, as was the case in the church in Rome. However, as the Gentiles were coming to faith, many of the Jewish believers were saying, you have to follow Old Testament rules like dietary, what you can and you cannot eat. But Paul reminds them that a lot of these ceremonial rules, sacrifices and dietary eating and circumcision, they were all pointing toward the coming of a Messiah. But now that he's come, we don't have to do these. And if your Gentile friends want to have a ham sandwich, it's fine. Let them eat ham. but they kept pushing their opinions. So Paul writes in verses 17 and 20, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats." My opinion is just that. It is my opinion. It is not God's doctrine. And today in the church, we hear all about arguments throughout Christianity about worship styles and what day you can worship and can't worship and what should the color of communion wine be. Is it okay for a Christian to smoke a cigarette or drink a beer? I served my vicarage, my internship, in the suburbs of Oklahoma City. And uh, one Sunday, uh, a couple came, uh, and they had uh, two children. And they were about 20 minutes early for church, and they came up to me and said, "Um, where would you like us to sit? I've never had that before. Most people clamor for the back pews. The great temptation for me was front pew. Nobody sits there. But I said, well, you can sit anywhere you're comfortable. And they, okay, are you sure? What well, happens if we sit down here in, in the sanctuary area anywhere? I said, anywhere, it's fine. Sit where you want. So we talked about them being rather new to the community and um, they were looking for a church and they'd been shopping around. And I, I got around to asking, why would you ask me where you can sit? And they said, well, we were visiting a church we thought was was perfect for us. And we got there one Sunday and the bells were ringing. And the usher handed us a worship folder and said, well, bells are ringing. Let's take you upstairs to the balcony, which was fine. So the next week, Dad said, we're going to get there a little bit early so that we don't have to go to the balcony. Five minutes early, they got there, and, and the, the, the usher said, well, let's get you up into the balcony. And they said, well, there's a few spots down there. You'll like the balcony. So up in the balcony, they went. The next week, they got there 15 minutes early. And, and usher handed them a worship folder and said, come on, I'll show you the balcony. And they said, well, we'd like to sit down here. There's plenty of room. And he said, well, you're not really dressed for down here. And she said, you know, we never noticed all the cashmere (laughs) and the leather on the people. And we were just told that we weren't dressed appropriately to sit in the sanctuary. It's amazing what we can turn into a doctrine, isn't it? I don't, I don't know who comes up with statistics, but I was just reading that uh, only 2% of the, the cause of a congregation to split is doctrinal. 98% deals with other peripheral things. Um, I was reading through a few on the internet. Interesting, there was an argument over the length of a pastor's beard. So just in case you're interested, one and a half inches. You don't have to worry here. Um, There was a a huge fight in the church because the youth group had a dinner and they used a crock pot that hadn't been used for years without permission. Be warned. Another argument. In the worship news, they announced that the congregation was going to have a potluck supper. Christians don't believe in luck. We believe in blessings. It has to be a pot blessing dinner I've been to some it is potluck (laughs) my favorite is the poor lady who brought some vanilla flavoring for coffee hour it looked too much like a liquor bottle these are the things that make for church divisions True items for discussion are doctrinal. What we believe and teach and confess as we take them out of Holy Scripture. So when you were in Rome in the first century, Paul says, let's not worry about what we're serving at our pot blessing dinner. Instead, let us stand up and announce Jesus Christ as the one and only God, which, by the way, is what got the Christians in Rome in trouble. If they would have said Jesus is just one more God among many, they'd have been fine, but they proclaimed him as the one and only God. That was what they were going to live and die by because that was Scripture. Today, we as Christians are often seen as intolerant and judgmental, Because we address some cultural situations like abortion because we understand that God creates life at conception. Or gender identity, and we believe and teach that God created us male and female. Or what is marriage? And we teach that for this reason a man leaves his father and mother and is joined together to his wife and the two become one. And we're expressing that opinions but we're following what the Lord has to say. We, we do what the Old Testament prophets do. Thus saith the Lord. This is what God says. And we simply reiterate what the Lord says in his word. Because our, our intentions are not to put ourselves up as spiritually superior to the rest of the world. No, our desires, our intention is to speak the truth in love hoping to embrace people with the truths of Jesus. And I think the manner in which we do this is important. How we judge is as important as what we judge. Again, God is the judge. Let's never forget this. He sets the standards. We are called to live them out and to honor him and have healthy lives and relationships. And I think in in Romans 14 and then again in our gospel lesson, I think we're being warned. We're being warned against two problems when we judge. One is a critical spirit. We judge people according to our opinions too often rather than the Lord's directives. And, and too often, when we address people and we have a problem with I think, I want, I... But it's not about me. It's what does the Lord have to say about this? and too often we're looking to crush the other person rather than aid the other person so we cannot we cannot dare approach someone with a critical spirit and the other problem i think we have are unexamined hearts oh we examine everyone else's heart but how about our own you know jesus this is what jesus says you know before you go and talk to someone you know get the piece of sawdust out of their eye? No. Get the two-by-four out of your own eye before you attempt to get the sawdust out of theirs. Take a look at your own heart so that when you address someone else, that you can do it humbly, appropriately. You know, if you read through 1 Corinthians, it Paul really gets up front with the church in Corinth because they've really strayed in so many ways and he's pretty up front with them. And yet, he's the guy who calls himself the chief of sinners. See, here's the thing. He understood who he was. No better than anybody else. Just privileged to have a Christian faith and privileged to be able to share that with other people. Part of our job as, as pastor is a, a confronting other people who may have gotten lost in sin or trapped by sin. And, you know, before I sit down with someone, um, I, I first sit down with my Bible and, and I pray and I confess my own sins. Sins that I know and that I don't know, sins I remember and sins that I forget because I'm no better than anybody else. And before I talk to anyone else about their sin, I have to recognize mine so that when I deal with someone else, I can encourage them to join me at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ in repentance for renewal. So what's our takeaway today from Romans chapter 14? Well... I think first and foremost that I've been called to live according to God's will and God's way and when I don't, I must confess my own sins and live in forgiveness. I think I also learn that in a lot of manners, my opinion is just that. It's my opinion. If God doesn't address it, it's my opinion. And I have to learn to make the difference between what God calls a doctrine and I call an opinion. And I learn, not just because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian, there are those times that I must confront the attitudes and actions of other people, whether that's people in my own sphere of influence or not. And when I do, my intent must be that the person join me in sorrow over sin, repentance And renewal so you see there's a lot of responsibility in being a Christian we're responsible for ourselves but even Paul at the beginning of our reading for today you know we don't live alone we live with each other and we live with Christ and there's responsibility of that and one of those responsibilities is caring for each other spiritually as well as physically And sometimes that means we have to approach another person because they've strayed. And how important it is when we recognize that to approach them, not just ignore them. Well, that's their life. I don't want to get involved in any of that. Or I don't want to lose a a friendship. If I say something, they might not like me anymore. But I think in love for the Lord and that other person, we must approach them with a humble heart through the Word of God, and with a soul filled with love. And there may come a time where we have to do that. And may we do it only through the grace of God. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.